As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. Welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the, the Void. Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 345, and we got a couple of evil fucking films for you today. That's right. We're going to be doing Messiah of Evil and Fear No Evil from 1981. That's right. And we're I don't get a voice. I tried. It didn't work. Okay. I don't work. I can add it afterwards if you'd like. No, it's okay. <laughs> anyway, guys, so... Today, we got a couple of movies. These are very different films from one another, but they did have the words evil in them, and I hadn't actually seen these. So I think I might have seen one of them many, 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 many years ago. Right. But it's 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 so faint, I would have never remembered much about it other mm-hmm. than, and I think it was the uh, Fear No Evil one. Well, of course, because that's from the 80s. Right. I would see more 80s films than I have seen 70s films, but that's not 100% true. But I've been on a kick lately, guys. I've been really enjoying these 70s films a little bit. So it's like, I don't know what it is. I've told you guys we like the blood. We like the red blood that's in it. It's like Mm -hmm. paint. And there's some of these movies that are trying to be like the zombie films. Some of them that kind of remind me of like a bunch of different things. So I don't know. I just been lots kind of, of lots of occult movies. Yes, there's a lot of that. That's for sure. That's because of the the whole satanic panic thing with, right. from the 60s on the way into the 80s. So scary. And yeah, because you know God and the devil. Yeah. <laughs> hell, scary. Hell. Hell. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, there's some really interesting trivia on some of these movies, so you're going to want to stick around for that. So if you want to watch these movies, you can check them out on Prime Video. I think you can rent them or or whatever on there. Christina thinks that you can watch both of them, but I think one of them on Prime Video is Fear No Evil is on Shudder, and it's subscription-based only. So if you have Shudder through Prime Video, you might be able to watch it. I could be wrong, but either way, they're both up on streaming services if you want to watch them or rent them. Christina, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. Are you excited about uh, Voidtober? It's coming up quick. I know. I have it to finish comes... the video for Voidtober mm-hmm. by Wednesday, this Wednesday. Good luck. I know. But I've been pumping out a lot of fucking shit. So. Lots of videos. Yeah. I've been really excited about doing Voidtober. We got some stuff in the mail that I really am excited about. That uh, We got the trilogy of Night of the Demons. One of them is the 4K, the first one. And the third one's never been on Blu-ray. So, super excited. It came with, like, th- six fucking posters. <laughs> and, like, f- uh, what we're going to do with those. Six different slip covers. Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck? 
like the originals and then there's the like the new covers for them mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't even know what to do with them i'm just gonna have to stick them in the shelf yeah just stick them in the shelf put an empty case in there and for each one you know yeah you should <laughs> Anyway, uh, super glad about that. There's so much stuff coming out, too, lately that I'm just like, God, I want to get it. Like, I don't want to get the 4K Hellraiser Quadrilogy or the Quadrilogy or whatever, mm-hmm. the Quartet or whatever they fucking call it. And that's all 4K from the first four films. Mm-hmm. And then I also want to get, they got the Prophecy now on 4K, the first three films, Daryl on 4K from vinegar syndrome it's like too much and i gotta save for a computer guys because my computer's dying and uh it's not doing so well like i don't know if it's the drive or what but fuck (laughs) so i've been i've been trying to do everything i can so uh that includes making uh youtube videos so that we can get a little extra skrilla coming in you know Speaking of Skrilla, by the way, we also had a super thanks that was given to us on YouTube, which is rare because we don't really even do lives on on YouTube. But you should, you know, I, I've been thinking about doing it for just strictly horror, not video games, you know. Yeah, you should. Zach Wom, who uh, donated ten dollars in super thanks to us. Thank you so much. You fucking rock. He was very cool. He was like, you know. He said, uh, life's been busy, my brother. Glad to see you're going strong. Thanks for the content. Oh, that's nice. So thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. You know, I understand. We're kind of nerds about this stuff. So it's like you can't watch as much as we do. (laughs) 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 But either way, we do appreciate your support because, you know, it's not cheap doing this. You know, not being a collector for one. Right. Using the stuff and the audio engineering and everything that we have to use to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess we could get away with nothing. But if you want it to sound like it does and be it as good as it is, this is what it sounds like. Right. So, <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. If you guys ever want to help out around here, we have our PayPal on our website. We have it in our link tree and we also do Amazon, our gift registry. So if you have some movies you want to buy us, we'll re- review them. In fact, I got to do ones that Plemke sent us. I've just been nervous about watching them because you're around, (laughs) you know, and I, but then now I don't like those types of movies. I know. And then MVD just sent me August Underground's Mortem, which is the sequel, which Mm -hmm. is supposedly the most disgusting one out of all of them. Oh, that's great. And I'm like, fuck, dude, like, ah, I got to watch that. You know, it's like, those are movies that you kind of have to be in the mood for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I definitely want to do Plemke stuff because like, you know. Right. You know, I I appreciate him sending it, but it's one of those things that's like, mm-hmm. it's it's an acquired taste, you know, like right. it's not exactly, you know, hey, let's, uh, you know, what is it? It's Christmas? Let's watch, uh, you know, uh, Screamer <laughs> Claws movies. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what's going on with you? Tell us some stuff. What's going on? Oh, uh, American Horror Story, that new episode started started up there's only one episode out right now right but i heard it's scabbing so now i'm like I is don't, it yeah see i get nervous about that because it's like we review movies and so i don't know like what i can or I, cannot watch I, or review i guess ryan murphy uh crossed the picket line and he actually when it started because i guess it was in production when the strike started and ryan murphy said he ended up rewriting himself since the writers were on strike at first that he ended up rewriting oh yeah so i was like oh maybe we should we shouldn't watch it (laughs) (laughs) well we don't have to review it at least you're allowed to watch it there's no strike against watching oh 
Okay. They will tell you when it gets that dire. I think so. Oh, oh. Last I heard that they were coming to, to terms was like... Uh, yeah, that's what I heard too. That they're, But I don't. I haven't heard anything about it yet. So I think I they're supposed to meet this week oh. to discuss... Uh, it's probably going to be like an instant no. They're like, wait, you want to live off money? <laughs> excuse <laughs> this me? Is, excuse me, sir. This is America. Yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> how, how the fuck am I going to hang on to the $5 trillion that I have? <laughs> you know, sitting in an offshore bank account from all this... <laughs> God. I know in the auto workers on strike. All we and- want is just two more ramen, sir. <laughs> Can we have some more, sir? I'm supposed to do this thing at work next week. Yeah. Where I'm supposed to like talk about myself and I kind of want to be like, yeah, I wish I could afford groceries. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah. Sometimes we chew on leather just to, you know, get some taste, you know? <laughs> That's what people would do when yeah, they were hungry. Yeah. They would suck on a button mm-hmm. or, you know, chew on leather just to fucking, like, they would cook leather, leather soup. Right. Crazy. I remember my grandfather. The, the depression. Yeah, my grandfather telling me that in right. the depression that they would eat fucking mustard sandwiches and stuff. Right. And just, like, you know, yep. whatever they could to get by, you exactly. know? Exactly. I was like, Jesus Christ, you know. But soon we'll we'll be depression we'll be, number two. I guess we're depression two point oh. I guess we're. Yeah. I guess we're already in it. Are That's what they're that we're already in the uh, depression. Technically, yeah. yeah. Technically, numbers wise, yeah. You know, but I'm sure we won't really hear about it. Until Don't tell that to boomers. That. They think they've they've gone through everything worse than everybody below them. Oh, I know. That are younger. <laughs> Oh I don't know. I had my arms and legs blown up. But you know what? Back in my day. Well, if you just work hard. Yeah, if you just worked hard, you know. <laughs> anyway, I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! All right, guys. So we decided that we're going to do a movie. Or, we're going right. to do a movie. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> We're going to do a shot based around the movie Messiah of Evil, which has a bunch of people that are always staring at a, what they're waiting for. A blood moon. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to have a blood moon here. It's two ingredients. Pretty, pretty easy. So Mountain Dew came out with their Halloween flavor this year, the Voodoo, which is a mystery flavor. Right, which I already tasted. Because he couldn't wait. Because I needed something to drink, goddammit, but I'll taste it again. We're going to try it right now. We're going to try it without the alcohol first. See what you think it is, the flavor. I'm curious. Go ahead. It tastes like a nerd. Yeah, but there's something, it's something else. Like a grape nerd. Definitely is a candy. It's like Like grape. Like a sugary, like the sugar candies. And I want to say nerds, but it's something else. It's like the pixie sticks or something. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. I've tried, I'm looking at the ingredients. This is the zero sugar flavor, though, too, so. I'm pretty sure this is the only one they. I think they do both. But yeah, it's like a candy. Hmm. Anyway, we wanted to taste that, and we're going to mix it with a half a shot of tequila. tequila. No. I'm taking it. You ready? I got more than you, so I don't want to hear it. It's gross. Ready? Oh, oh. That's gross. It's, it is weird. I like it. Yeah, we don't know what the mystery flavor is. Pixie tequila. Mm. <laughs> <coughs> Ooh, yeah, I don't know if Ugh. we should try that, guys. 
But the Mountain Dew's pretty decent. Yeah, the Mountain Dew by itself. This yeah. is, it would be good with Both vodka. Both of these are good by not themselves. To, not yeah, but, tequila. Mm, no. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's making me kind of nauseous a little bit. Like, yeah, ugh. that doesn't. No. Yeah, not so good. Uh, Messiah of Evil. Yeah, you're supposed to be delicious and enticing. Not fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to be decadent. You know what I mean? <laughs> Isn't that what evil is? Is decadence? Like you know what I mean? Like that's supposed to sounds taste like, like a bucket of it's worms. Not chocolate, like <laughs> decadence. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, it's like you know, greed, gluttony. You know, these are all things that like you're too. So many good things that you want. You know what I mean? Right. Like, anyway, if you would like to try one of these, you can definitely try one by getting some tequila and the new Mountain Dew flavor, which we'll take a picture of uh, when we're done. But if you would like to try one of these blood moons, all you can do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes. Only one week left before Voidtober, guys. That means a lot of fun stuff. And we're going to jump into Messiah of Evil from 1974 and Fear No Evil from 1981. We're going to go ahead and do that right now. Alright guys, Christina starts this off, like always. Messiah of Evil, released December 11th, 1974. A young woman goes searching for her missing artist father. Mm. Her journey takes her to a strange Californian seaside town governed by a mysterious undead cult. Tagline, terror you won't want to remember... In a film you won't be able to forget. Oh, wow. I almost said in a film you won't be able to remember. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> you know this is also called, by the way? What? Dead people. That's not. <laughs> yeah, well, the reason great. why is because they were having a really hard time pushing this and selling this. There's a really interesting story on it, but. Okay. Well, we'll wait for that. Right. The ta- okay. The tagline is. I already said this was written and directed by Gloria Katz and Willard Hike. Yeah. Uh, also uh, wrote. Hike. Yeah, that's a really hike. That both of them also wrote Howard the Duck, American Graffiti, and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Right. Crazy, right? Yeah, it is crazy that it came from this. All right, we got starring Mariana Hill, who plays Arletty. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in Blood Beach. I recognized her. Yeah, she will. She, she was, was the girl that got sucked into the sand. Yeah, yeah. She was also in The Godfather Part Two, uh, Schizoid from 1980, and a ton of TV shows from the 60s. Okay. Michael Greer plays Tom. He was in The Rose from 1974, that movie with Bette Midler. Uh-huh. Uh He was also in The Lonely Guy from 84, The Gay Deceivers from 1969, which actually sounded like a very interesting movie. It was about uh, two men who were faking being gay to get out of 
getting drafted into the Vietnam War. It's hilarious, by the way. I've actually seen You've parts seen it? of it on TikTok. You have oh, too. Oh, have I? Yeah, because there's that scene on TikTok where the With girl. The flower? Yes, the That's flowers. This movie? Hold on, let me explain okay. it so that they know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> so he's like, you dirty bitch! Because this woman walks through his flowers. What have you done to my peonies? That's the guy, by the way, who oh says this. Oh, th- that's same why guy. That's why I recognized them. But he okay. goes, he goes. She goes. They're not even peonies, you silly queen. They're, They're marigolds. marigolds. <laughs> and he's like, I may not know my flowers, but I certainly know a bitch, bitch. when I see one. <laughs> that is so funny. That's great, dude. That is great. He's like a pretty versatile. Act. He's a very unique looking actor. First of oh, all, oh yeah, but- he is. But he's mostly known for his work on in the theater and on Broadway. Very 70s looking, by the way. Very. You know. The shag haircut and everything. Yeah. All right. We also got Anitra Ford, who plays Laura. She was in The Longest Yard, The Big Bird Cage from 72, and The Wonder Woman movie, the 1974 one, and was a model in The Price is Right. Oh, okay. Right? Uh, we also have Royal Dano, mm-hmm. who plays Joseph. He was Farmer Glenn. From Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Of course. Boo Bear. He was also in Space Invaders. He was in Ghoulies 2. Correct. He was in House 2. Yes. He was, he was, in, uh, he was in Gramps in, in House 2. Right. Yeah. And he was, he was in Moby Dick from 1956, The Dark Half from 93, and Something Wicked Comes This Way from 83. Right. Yeah. I, I literally just did a review of Ghoulies 2. Yeah. That's what I thought And I was talking was about how I love Royal Dano. Mm-hmm. Boo Bear. <laughs> We also have Alicia Cook Jr., who plays Charlie. He was in the 1959 version of House on Haunted Hill, Mm. Rosemary's Baby, and was Uncle Albert in the TV show Alf. Mm. I don't know any numbers on this, but what did you think of this film, Alex? Excuse me? I said... I'm just joking. (laughs) I said... So, um... You know, I uh, actually think this movie's pretty cool. Like, at first, I really wasn't too sure, and it is a very slow burn kind of movie where, you know, just this random girl goes to follow her father in a town that's like, you know... It, it actually reminds me of a movie that just came out here a couple of years ago where it was like a Lovecraftian tale where this girl goes chasing after her father and the whole town's, like, fucked up. Oh, yeah. And this is, like, the entry level of, like, every fucking, like, Dagon movie or Lovecraft story where the people have turned into fish people and there's always something fucked up going on in the town. Right. And and it's like I'm trying to think of what the the movie is, but it was on Shutter. It was one of the Shutter originals. Off season. That's the name of the movie. Anyway, it just kind of reminds me of that like desolate town kind of thing going on, mm-hmm. which is kind of creepy in itself. And this movie somehow really pulls off the atmosphere in this movie. You know, where a lot of movies that do it as slow as they do in this movie, as slow as everything goes in this movie. There's no jump scares or anything like that. It's just like everything is out in the open and you know it's coming for you. And it's like, which I kind of like, you know, because it's like you just don't know how to anticipate it. You're just like left in this uncomfortable situation in many moments of the film that they don't just jump out and it's like, oh, they're attacked. It's like, no, they toy with these people that get killed every fucking time by these other people who like slowly gather around people and then all of a sudden turn on them. 
Right. And I really like that about this film. The It's shot really well. It's very vibrant colors. We watched it on Prime, like the square box one, but there's a new version that's come out that's already like a 1080p version. Mm-hmm. That's because it was shot in widescreen. It wasn't oh. shot in like the box, box. format. Yeah, yeah, like the TV old style format. And it's also very vibrant because it was also, they used the film that was like very colorful back then in the 70s that we always talk about. Mm-hmm. So a lot of movies have really kind of shaded it down a lot. And it's not a very dark film. It's a very colorful film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's dark in the sense of like the story and stuff like that. It's kind of a mix of like a lot of different stories. Like you got Lovecraft. You have like, I don't want to spoil what the other piece is because I would just like kind of give away the whole thing. But there's like, you know, this happens every hundred years, essentially. You don't know why. This girl's going out to find out what's wrong with her father because after her mother passed, she just, her father just kind of disappeared and like went to this town called Point Dune and never came back. And he's like this painter and he writes all these letters to her and they start getting crazier and crazier. Total Lovecraft right there. Like, and it's, I found out that the director is actually a big fan of Lovecraft. So, you know, they, they wrote that from that perspective. So yeah, I got, you know, different notes of a lot of different things. It does feel like a earlier version of David Cronenberg films, like the Shivers movie. If you've ever seen that, remember the one we watched where everybody's like trying to fuck everybody and they like end up murdering them because they want us, they're, they're like attracted to them in some weird way and they like end up killing them movie called shivers that came out in 1975 it also kind of reminds me of another movie that is called the grapes of death from 1978 so these are both like 70s films and so it it can't be a coincidence that they all kind of feel that way and maybe it's just because it's a 70s film i feel that way but they have this sort of like you know these are movies that all we're kind of borrowing from the lightning in the bottle that was the Night of the Living Dead in a way. Like they were offshoots of it in some way. Um, because that movie like is just was just so big to so many people. Mm-hmm. It had such an impact in the 70s on filmmaking in general across the world. So um, probably why I feel that way. But it, it still achieves quite an atmosphere. You know, there's not a lot going on. There are a lot of weird characters saying and doing a lot of weird things. So you don't really know who to trust. And that's where I get this like sort of David Lynch, David Cronenberg crossover there because David Cronenberg does have weird characters, but David Lynch has weirder, more like what the fuck is going on? What are you talking about? Kind of things. Mm-hmm. And like, so it's like a mix of that. We got Lovecraft. We got Suspiria because some of the paintings and stuff and the color usage that they use in this film, that if it were like amped up to like Argento levels, mm-hmm. you would probably get that same vibe from it. So none of these films are probably, I don't know, Shivers might be close to this film as far as like quality because mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of Shivers. I just kind of like it. Right. Um but the thing is, is that it is a decent movie, not an amazing movie. It's just got some really good atmosphere and some really decent ideas. Not a lot of gore or anything like that. Just really weird shit going on with like, you know, this dark passenger that they're talking about, a blood moon, a bunch of crazy people going around acting really fucking weird. The scares are really cool because they're not in your face. They're like really slow burn kind of scares where they like, like I said, like, they build up like these there's a theater scene that I love in this movie that is really great 
Mm-hmm. And I love how they did it. I also love, like, every person that died in this movie, there's just something cool that happens. So while they may be few and far between, there's an air about it that I really like. And I think it's worth watching. I am like at first, Christina, I know was like, eh, I don't like this. I mean, I, I just get that vibe from you. You didn't tell well, me. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's obvious <laughs> because I like these kind of things. And I know you don't. Um, but but it is a little bit of a slow burn. But I think if you can get into older David Cronenberg films and I mean, like pre Videodrome and stuff like that, like his early stuff. You know, I think you can really get into this and try it out. It's uh, I'd probably give it about a six or six point five out of ten. And it's growing on me. In fact, the movie just got a limited edition release um, that's on pre-order. It comes out on October this uh, October called uh, it's from Radiance Films. And there's two different versions. There's one with a gigantic book with it. And then there's one with just a thing. And I'm seriously considering (laughs) picking it up Uh because I don't think it's going to you're going to be able to find it. Right. And I think that these they they said they brought the colors up Mm -hmm. like the movie was supposed to be. Oh. So I'm kind of curious. That's interesting. Yeah. So anyway, Christina, what did you think about this one, though? But yeah, like you said, it's very atmospheric. This is an atmospheric film, which I don't really like atmospheric film. Sorry, my Mountain Dew's like coming up. It's like, I can't take <laughs> She's it She's about to puke. Um, sorry. But yes, atmospheric, which to me, it was boring. It was boring. It was slow. It was a, it was a slow burn. I mean, was it the slow birds that i've seen yeah it was okay i like the mystery but of it, i though. i don't because the story was very bland and it really didn't go anywhere and there wasn't really an explanation for all these things going on or they tried and i just wasn't paying attention i don't know but you know i, I it's very very 70s though the music was very psychedelic oh yeah i love that. you know you could tell they just discovered the like the electronic keyboard you know what i mean but it did fit well it fit in well with the atmosphere and everything everything went together okay but i don't know something that you mean like the moog the moog sounds yeah 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 Yeah, and you could tell it was like brand it was like brand new but it fit it fit well i love the the sounds of them yeah i really do yeah i love that minimal synth sound yeah it's really cool yeah it works well in the movie i the, the one thing that after seeing the movie that really bothers me about the movie is the fucking title of this movie makes no goddamn sense. I'm, and I have a feeling you have a story to share in the trivia. No. But I don't understand why they didn't call this Blood Moon because really it's about the Blood Moon. It's a, I don't and know. I thought, well, then I was like, oh, maybe there was another movie called Blood Moon. But there wasn't. The only other movie was from 1997. It was a martial arts movie with Gary Daniels. That was called Blood Moon for well, some maybe, reason. Maybe at the time when they would they name movies like Blood something like that, people would expect this like heavy, you know, oh, heavy gore. gore movie. So yeah, maybe they didn't want to go like but Blood it's very, Feast. But it's very occulty. Blood Moon, just the phrase, is very occulty. So it's it's a Messiah of Evil. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. There's no fucking Messiah. Yeah, there is. You just don't. We'll talk about it. Okay, we'll talk about it. And the. Okay, and then the ending of the film, I won't spoil anything, but the ending, which is the beginning, was disappointing, and nothing really was explained, and then, like, when people go missing, or if, like, your memories get blacked out, I mean, people question things. 
And it's like nothing was questioned. It was just like lock it up, put it away. You well, know? there was excuses for everybody that disappeared. Yeah, but it was it was bullshit. It's supposed like, to be playing on your like, is this no okay or is this not? Because you don't control people, so that's what yeah, it's trying to say. But what I'm saying is, normal people would be asking questions, nevertheless, or you know, and get start a fucking true crime podcast or so. I don't know. Yeah, what not they in did. the seventies. I don't know, but they did shit like that in the seventies. I don't know. They they <laughs> would call the podcasts. news. They would call the news. That's what they would do. They call the news, and then okay. the investigation Sounds journalist would know. like. Oh, is this is, and they would investigate it, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was kind of boring. I'll give it a four out of ten though, because okay. for a seventies movie, clearly she's wrong. She doesn't she doesn't have good taste. So no, it, this isn't the type of movies <laughs> I like watching. That's why I'm just teasing you. I'm just trying uh-huh. to give you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I totally disagree. So it, it, she so technically it's like about a five to a five point two five between the two of us on a BTV scale. So if you live, if you like a lot of movies that she likes, then you watch it for her. If you don't mind slow burns and you like a little something that's a little different that uh, kind of reminds you of early David Cronenberg stuff, watch it and check it out. I don't give a shit. I think it's I think it's pretty decent. I think it's a cool idea for a very independent film that they just went out and made it on their own, and and you know to have this whole town like shut down and you know it just looked cool. Like there's a lot of stuff that are in this that that I think looks cool. Right. And the vibe is also very important, too. Very 70s. Not, not a lot of people can really get that atmosphere down, right? You know, and I think a lot of it has to do with the camera work. And I think a lot of it has to do with some of the weird performances in it. And I think some of the camera, or I did say camera work, but camera work, um, lighting, like characters, and then right. music. All of it works together. It does work together. In right. some fashion. Even if it's not a, a 10 out of 10, you know what I mean? It's still... It's pretty to look at. It's yeah. There's stuff in it that I think you you can enjoy. So, but we do have not some me tr- though. Not me. I can't. Of course. Enjoy it. Well, you don't enjoy anything. I'm just kidding. <laughs> enjoy this Mountain Dew. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, guys. So if you don't want anything spoiled, go ahead and check this out. You can, like I said, check it out on Prime. Watch it. It's not going to be the best version yet, but still cool, still watchable in that regardless. So uh, if you want to pick up a copy, you can also pick one up from Radiance Films. Um, shout out. So, um, But if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. This was shot over the course of two months in 1971, as a matter of fact. Whoa. When did this come out? It was oh, 74. <laughs> 73 and 74. So they had to shop this around actually for uh-huh. quite a while because they never even got to finish the film. Ooh. Yeah, like the whole ending is supposed to be a little bit different, not as like <gasps> Which artsy hated. looking okay. or whatever. But the mm-hmm. uh, the the camera, the people who do the the film company, who mm-hmm. was you know Technicolor, right? They actually helped cut it. Oh, and put it together with them. They shopped out around a work print for a long time to a lot of different people. <laughs> and a lot wow. of people weren't really digging it, you know. So they were like, "Look, you're killing your movie. Why don't you just stop?" And we'll just like put it out what we can and Technicolor helped them out Mm -hmm. at the time they were like going through some sort of strike or something like that. So they wanted to get the work print back. Dad actually had to steal the negative out of the fucking labs (laughs) at one point in time just to try to sell it, you know, because it would have just sat on the shelf forever, Mm -hmm. you know, but a lot of the extras in the film were also NASA employees, by the way. Really? Yes. Because at the time, there was a huge lull in the aerospace industry. So they had all these people that were living in that area 
mm-hmm. who needed to get a job. Mm-hmm. And so they just hired him for cheap, hmm. you know, to do this independent film. Wow. Gloria Katz, who was also writer and director on this and producer, uh, and Willem Willard, all talked about the film that they had started as screenwriters on the movies American Graffiti. They hadn't even finished that in time before they got an offer to do another movie, which was this one. Oh. It was, they were like, hey, we want to give you a movie. Do you want to do one? They were like, sure. They were like, it's a horror movie, but we don't know what to make of it. Can you write one? And they were like, sure. <laughs> so they came up with one in the middle of them working on American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. Then came back to American Graffiti after this was done and then finished it. Oh, wow. So they came up and did this movie in the middle of that. Wow. That was pretty interesting. Willard, like I said, was a big H.P. Lovecraft fan. He also loved French films. And you could see both of those in these. Yeah, I can see that. And part of the reason I think that I'm reminiscent of Suspiria and David Cronenberg is right. both of them have that French style right. mixed with their own version to do their own thing, right? Because right. a lot of French movies have like some close-up shots of things and then they'll have these really far away shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's that style, I think, was mirrored in a couple of different things like Argent, uh, uh, Dario Argento might have gotten some of that from French films and done Suspiria uh, in a way like that. You know what I mean? Because right. French films back in the day were really different. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm I'm getting at anyway. But you can definitely see the two in here while watching it, and, and it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. They just don't make films like this anymore. Right, they don't. We also have an albino that was in this film. His name is Benny Robinson. He was unemployed at the time, and the editor, Billy Weber, found him on the street. Oh, wow. And thought he would be good to put in the movie. And everybody was out of a job at the time, so... Mm-hmm. He did a good job. Yeah, he said he was a really nice guy. And that they worked really well together and that he actually did a really good job and brought a really, really obscure feel to the film. Um, yeah. You know, because he's yeah. just like, and I swear to God, he looks so familiar, mm-hmm. but he's only done this. I looked mm-hmm. it up. Right. Another thing that was really weird is at the very beginning of the movie where we see the gas station attendant shooting in the forest or whatever, and then the lady pulls up or whatever, that gas station they worked at for a couple of days or whatever and apparently the gas station owner was super racist and he didn't have anything to do all day long so he just started getting drunk there and so they ended up having to move the craft services and catering table to the other side of the street oh my god because they didn't know what to do because they didn't want to offend him because they would have lost the site and they didn't want to offend the catering person because they were a person of color oh my god and so he was like it's just these things that you find out as soon as you get there it's not like Mm-hmm. We could have planned for that. And he said it just came out that we just needed to move across the street. And we apologized, you know, basically, he's, 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 you know, what, what can he do? Um, Go somewhere else. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like with no money. I know. But that would put everybody out of work and probably salvage, ruin the film. So any of the any of the sacrifices people made to get that film to that point, I it would have been gone. I understand. But. It's just that old, you know. I understand. Say, yeah, you, that's you why. But too. but that's it why the, the strikes don't strike those down, like right. because they understand that the, it's right. a movie's made on sacrifices, right? You know, especially independent ones, right? The editor, also Billy Weber, there was an associate editor who told that story though about the thing. Billy Weber, though, who was the main editor, also mentioned he worked with, on Pee Wee's Big Adventure later on oh. with Tim Burton, right? 
And so I guess he was just like working on the film with him. And Tim Burton was like, yo, so how'd you get started? Like, where did, what was your first film that you got started? And he was like, oh, it's just a small independent film you probably never even heard of. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, well, what is it? He was like, yeah, it's just, it's not even that that good. You probably, you probably just don't even understand or know what it is. Mm-hmm. Like most people, don't, I've never had anybody know. And he was like, no, what was it? <laughs> so Tim, he told him, he was like, well, it's Messiah of Evil. And he was like, oh, I know that film. I saw it in the theater at Van Nuys <laughs> at the drive-in. Right. I remember it vividly. Uh-huh. And he was like, he was the only person I had ever met. Oh, that had seen it. That had seen it. It's crazy. <laughs> it's cool that, you know, this many years forward, we're talking about it now. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show you that, you know, sometimes, you know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Sometimes, like, art gets a resurgence sometimes, mm-hmm. and you, it just gets this new life. Gloria Katz, the writer and the director, is, is the lady in the ticket booth for the theater when Tony oh, goes in. Mm-hmm. Tony goes in to go see a movie mm-hmm. and then she puts up the clothes sign as soon as she walks by oh, her. Oh, that's her. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people in this movie who did work did different parts. Of course. In the movie. independent movie. Right. Like the associate producer or the associate editor was the guy in the art museum with the blind lady. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, everybody did a role. Now, speaking on the finish of the movie, the end of the movie, they did try to, they did get the closest they could to the cut. Like I said, they had their help and everything like that. There was nothing that they could do. They had no choice. So there's nothing they could do. But, you know, sometimes it's just how it works. You just got to roll with the punches. You just got to roll with whatever it gives you. But they did say that John, uh, the guy who played Tom, Michael Greer, mm-hmm. also played the uh, Dark Stranger. Oh. And uh, there's some theories on that as to what that means, actually, because... Right, because they didn't explain anything. Yeah. And, it, it, like, th- like they were trying to sell this film, and, like, nobody would fucking, like, understood what the fucking point was. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, what's going on? Like, I don't really... Is this a zombie film? I don't really understand. Are they zombies? Mm-hmm. There's something else. It's like, if you stay in this town for X amount of time... You're going to turn into a zombie, essentially. Right. Because you're going to die and you're going to be a part of this evil, the messiah of evil. A messiah isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? A mes- an evil messiah would be like the anti-Jesus, right? Right. Because messiah, the shepherd, the you know what I mean? Like, so he comes back every hundred years. Oh. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's something about that that I think that people are making comparisons to. It's been mm. it's been rumored that the subplot is involving a connection between Tom and the Dark Stranger because Tom's wearing white all the time in the film, if you notice. Oh, he is? Yes. Oh, okay. He's wearing a white suit in most every scene. Mm-hmm. And the Dark Stranger is in, in dark colors, and Michael Greer, who played that, both those roles there's a scene where tom tells arletti of a dream he had similar to the legend of the dark stranger and during an interview before the filming greer said he would be playing the role of the devil's son in this film oh okay so the messiah of evil is technically the antichrist coming to reclaim his throne his yeah and and tom (laughs) is in a way the anti of that oh okay his character in the in the his role anyway um, in the in the in the beginning of the movie, you hear something about the girl talking about screaming or something like that. Right. She narrates the line: "No one will hear you scream. No one will hear you scream." Shortly after Walter Hill's appearance, Hill later produced Alien 1979. Mm-hmm. And do you know what their tagline is? 
No one will hear you scream. In space. No huh. one can hear you scream. Oh, coincidence. Uh-huh. No, it definitely is not a coincidence. But, you know, taglines are all kind of based off of other taglines. Exactly. So it's like, you know, like I've seen like the Jaws one like a million times. Oh, yeah. Or, like the, or they've done aliens one's been done to death. So got to get a bigger boat. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. They released this August 16th in 1978 again as Return of the Living Dead and advertised with images taken from Night of the Living Dead's ad campaign as well as Dawn of the Dead's tagline where there is no room in hell and the dead will walk the earth. George Romero actually ended up suing the distributor, citing unfair competition and won a restraining order in October of 1978, preventing the film from being shown under this title. Wow. Isn't that weird? No, because of everything George Romero went through and like not, you know what I mean? I don't blame him. Yeah, he gave that movie to society, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. The biggest thing of his life. You know, although I I would say Dawn of the Dead, to me, is probably the better film overall. But, you know. But, yeah, that was the beginning. And that, uh, what's it called? Night of the Living Dead was Jesus like, Christ. sorry, I was, I, I wanted to say Return of the Living Dead. I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> Night of the Living Dead is a classic and it was the first of its kind, you know, and yeah. it's still good and it's, it, it's still, well, you know, it's funny today. Return of the Living Dead wasn't even used until later. Right. For, for by John, who did Night of the Living Dead with George Romero. Right. <laughs> John Russo. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what the fuck? So like he got that name, Return of the Living Dead, from that movie right. that they tried to use. Right. So it's kind of funny. Like I never thought I never knew that. Yeah. But the director of photography said that it was his idea to paint the walls in the dad's house uh-huh. with people so that it would give this kind of ominous feeling like there's people lurking around. I got I got that feeling. And yeah. I liked it. I thought that was cool. The house was really cool too. Like it was. It's very artsy. Yeah, very and artsy. Seventies artsy too. Was, yeah, that's probably why I keep saying Suspiria, you know. Yeah. Like, there was also a stunt scene where Royal Dano gets set on fire, her dad, essentially, mm-hmm. because that bum tells her to burn him. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> and then she does. <laughs> that was the first stunt this person had ever done. Oh, my God. How scary. Yeah. He went by uh, the name Buddy Joe Hooker. Did he get Did he get burns? No. Oh, no. Okay. He actually he went just... on to make a successful business oh, because of this film. Okay, good. I didn't need another. Um... It looked like he was really not doing too good at the end because when I saw him drop on the floor, I was like, I really hope that's not Royal Dano. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, he's old. I don't think they would have done that. Uh, yeah, I don't think they would be able to live. If, right. Because it sucks all the oxygen out of your face and everything around you. Mm-hmm. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> everything around you. Uh, anyway, that's pretty much it for the uh, stuff. Did you want to mention any of your favorite scenes or talk about anything in particular that you didn't like or, you know, something in particular that we haven't been able to spoil so much? Did, oh, did you want me to explain to you, like theories more theories about what is it sure well yeah like obviously we got the lovecraftian thing guy coming from the sea mm-hmm. we got the donner party because they talk about the donner party oh i forgot about which that. was in colorado i believe it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a story in it w- it was a because they were going for silver and that was in colorado it was, it was called was it colonists or whatever they were traveling to get to the silver like two groups yeah i think it was two groups and they got stuck and then they started eating each other yeah that's a real story apparently it's Mm -hmm. what the whole movie the um there's the south park guys made the the 
I, uh, oh, Cannibal. Cannibal the musical. Musical, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there's an actual, uh, there's a memorial site for the for what happened to them. Right. Like up in those mountains. Okay. Because I, I know like some of the, when I used to listen to true crime podcasts, uh-huh. like that's one of them they would they would cover in the history aspect of it because it was su- such a long time ago. Well, it's a big story. Yeah, it's crazy. You know. But you know you you got to eat, you know. You know what I'm saying? You got to eat, you know. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of true. <laughs> I'd eat the ass first just like they did alive. Yeah, stop. Eat the ass out. It's the thickest muscle, the butt, the butt muscle. Okay, you have fun with that. That's what they say. I'll just die, I'm fine. <laughs> so the beginning of this movie there's like a man running into some music. It didn't fit. The music did not fit. No, it did but, not. But it was weird, and it was, like, captivating, because he, like, this little girl opens up the gate, and she's like, you can come in here. And he comes in, he lays down on the ground and reaches out to her. Apparently, that girl was the editor's cousin. <laughs> or, no, the director of photography's cousin or something Okay. Like it's funny. Uh, no, it's the editor's cousin. That's what it says here. And she slashes his throat with a razor blade right in the beginning. Oh, you that's right, yeah. And then we get the girl, and she's, like, locked up in some asylum. In asylum, yeah. And she's talking about nightmares and dreams. And screaming. And then, like, all of a sudden, she's, like, got a letter. And I was like, yeah, I think this is supposed to take place. Like, what happened? Why she's in the fucking place? Because a lot of Lovecraft stories start out that way. Right. It's always, like, a, a, a retelling of, like... How they got there. How they got there. Yeah. Or like through letters or, you know, mm-hmm. like the whole letter thing back and forth is like something that I've seen in different representations of Lovecraft, different versions of games and things like that are borrowing from it. Right. It's a big trope. I guess I'll point out one of my favorite scenes. I can point out one of mine. Okay. I just found it. So uh, uh, there's this one other girl and she, so she's deciding to leave the house. So she starts walking through this like empty development, right? And uh, all of a sudden, the albino man uh, pulls up in a pickup truck, and there's ah, people yeah, in the yeah. back. So she, so she goes, she gets in the truck with them to to go to town, and, and she uh, notices rats are running around her feet. Yeah, so he picks up a rat, and then he says, "I eat them." And then he bites the rat. She's and like, the what blood... are you doing with rats? Are they your pets? And he's like, no, I eat I them. I eat them. And then he bites the rat. And then the blood just like goes everywhere. So then she like hops out of the car. And then, <laughs> and then she makes it to town. And then she goes to the grocery store, Ralph's. And uh, the grocery store is like empty, right? So she walks all the way to the back. And everyone, there's a bunch of people. Sucking on meat. Like in the meat department, just sucking on the raw meat. Like, in the middle of this empty grocery store. So she freaks out and starts running, and they follow her, and they lock her in there, and then they start eating her in the middle kind of the kind of reminds aisle. me of Bud the Chud, you know, part two of Chud. Cause they, no, like, I don't remember. they eat frozen meat, I think, in that. Oh, is it? Yeah. Like, it's just weird. You're yeah. sucking on fucking raw meat like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just weird. Right. Uh, I love that scene, too, because then she gets chased through the whole place. Yeah. One of the other things I really like, too, yeah, she gets chased through the whole thing, and then they, like, tackle her, and then all of a sudden you just see blood all her sides and mm-hmm. stuff, and it's just like they tear her apart. One of the other things I like is there was two things. So every time they go to the city, there's always something bad happens, right? One right. of the things, just little subtle things, like this guy just running, looking at fucking Tom mm-hmm. when Tom goes into this the city. And then, like, his little interactions with all the people that he meets there. Right. And just their crazy talk in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just really unsettling. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, if you start seeing somebody running like that, it just kind of makes your instinct of, like, flight or flight kind of kick in. 
And it's yeah. like, what do you do? You know, like I, I love that kind of thing. Like, like okay. Oh my gosh, should I help? They're, they're clearly running from something. I don't right. know what it is. <laughs> but when they're looking at you in the dead in the eye and then run past you, mm-hmm. or you know, you're like, what is going on? Anyway, it just adds to this sort of scare. And one of the biggest scares in the movie, I think, is the Tony kill. Mm-hmm. And Tony like goes down to the theater. She notices something's weird. She can't really put her finger on it. She's just taking the car down there. She goes to the theater, buys a ticket. She doesn't even know what movie it is because that's just how you did it back in the day. Right. And then she goes and sits down some fucking Western with, uh, what's his name? I think it had Sammy Davis Jr. Mm-hmm. In the in the movie. It looked like it. It looked like Sammy in Davis In a cowboy Jr. hat. Yeah, and it was, what did you call it, from the West? Gone with the West. So it's probably from the... 60s, 50s. 1974, it starred James Caan, or Khan, Stephanie Powers, and Sammy Davis Jr. Yep, there you go. <laughs> so, but anyway, she goes to see the theater, and she sits down, and she notices, like, people sitting in very weird spots. But she just kind of brushes it off, because that's what you do as a human being. You don't, you're like, okay, that's weird, but I'll just keep an eye out on that, and I'm not going to really worry about it. And she just eats her popcorn. And as she's watching the film, it kind of speeds up in this sort of like Darren Aronofsky way where the, 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 the film's going, you see her eating popcorn. It's kind of fast. She's still eating it. And then people just keep appearing behind her to sit directly behind her. Mm-hmm. And it starts filling up behind her by the movies, times the movie's over. And then she sees, she's like kind of weirded out. She notices that people are sitting behind her and she starts to get up and there's someone that's walking in her aisle towards the way that she's trying to leave. And then she's like, okay, I'll sit back down. She goes the other way and then she goes, oh my God, there's another person. So she's like, okay, this is weird. So she climbs over the seat, runs to the exit in the back. It's locked. Can't get through it. And like the people are just sitting there still, like still playing along. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she goes running down and starts screaming and they start climbing over the seats at her really rapidly until she dies in front of the screen, reaching up. And you can see her hand in front of the screen. And she's like getting ripped apart yeah. in front of the screen. You don't really see the, the gore or anything like that, but it's right. a very cool moment. They did it well. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's other ones in the movie, but I think that one for me is the best. You like the grocery one the most? Yeah, the grocery and him um, eating the rat. What'd you think about the end, by the way? Sucked. I yeah, did not like it. Didn't really make a lot it of was, sense. It was all over the place. It's like the Donner Party was infected. It happened to the Donner Party. This cowboy or this hunter was like out on the road and he was telling them the story of the Donner Party, which happened, I guess, a hundred years earlier. Mm-hmm. And then he sat down in a, at a campfire with him telling him that story and that he how he had found his master by eating the flesh of a human being. And then he attacked the fucking hunter and the hunter was dying from the wounds from the guy he was practically they said he looked like he was torn in half by like an animal mm-hmm. and then the people that found his body his last words were to tell the story of the dark stranger and that he would be back in a hundred years and then they chopped up his body and buried it which is like what the fuck okay yeah okay like so wait so that the donner party what they're trying to say is that this goes back yeah. Further, further than the, yeah. The only reason they were eating flesh at the Donner Party, not because they were trying to survive, but because the Messiah of Evil appeared and made them. Okay, so now I have a theory. What if this Messiah of Evil was Joseph Smith 
and the Mormons because <laughs> it was that area. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. This took place so in. So it could uh, have been misinterpreted. This you is know? in the East Coast. This is like army in the West Coast. The excuse Coast. me. Yeah. yeah, it was like Colorado, Utah. No, you know this was saying? not Colorado. This is by the beach, Christina. Oh well, I know that, but I'm just saying you have to cross those places to get to that place. Sure. So you have to pass Arizona. Joseph just Smith, to get there. Mormons. This is their fault. And then right. and then they hit California and then it was like Scientology. <laughs> okay. okay. And then right. it morphed into Scientology with no, the Thetans and shit. I think you're wrong. I'm gonna go no. Okay. Well, I don't agree. <laughs> anyway, we do have another movie to talk about. Uh <laughs> and this movie is Fear No Evil. And this is this came out in nineteen eighty one. High school student turns out to be the personification of Lucifer. Two archangels in human form as women take him on sexually. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. <laughs> it just sounds weird to me, like the words. Taglines. Meet Andrew. The road to hell is paid with his victims. Alexandria High, class of 1981. All the students are going to hell, except Andrew. He sent them there. <laughs> <laughs> this is by f- director and writer Frank Laloja. He did The Lady in White and Mother from 1995. He did a bit part in Tommy Ziano Cristofaro's film, The Nightmare Symphony from 2020. That guy I was talking to on Facebook. Uh huh. He's a, they live in Italy. Frank Laloja lives right now. Yeah. He lives in Italy. Oh. Anyway, he's in that film as an actor as well. So. Uh, I tried to look up like why he didn't he kind of stopped doing films and stuff like that. But I could tell that he was just not a very big fan of the mainstream. So he was a deeper person. And Mm -hmm. we'll get into that more in the extras. But just to give you guys a kind of a taste. This was a movie that uh, had makeup effects by Richard J. Silverthorne, who plays Lucifer in the film in the very opening part of the movie and also did the makeup work on the film as well. He would also write a published novelization of Fear No Evil mm-hmm. after it came out. Some of the cast, we have Stefan Arngrim, who plays Andrew. He got to start as a child actor in the 60s on Gunsmoke, Dragneck, and then blew up on Land of the Giants TV show. Class of 1984, Strange Days, Misbegotten, Fringe TV show, Arrow, and more. We also have Elizabeth Hoffman, who plays Mikhail, a.k.a. Margaret. This was her first film, actually. I think she did a pretty good job for her first role. Uh, she was in Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out. She plays Granny. She was also in uh, Sisters TV show and then Dante's Peak and Stargate SG-1. We also have Kathleen Rowe McCallan, who plays Gabriel, a.k.a. Laura, I think it was her name in the movie. Mm-hmm. She did five roles in her life, starting out as The World Turns in 1956 then All My Children in 1970. She did this movie in 1987 or 81 or whatever. And then Loving TV series in 83 and stopped after Aspects of Love TV movie in 1993. So she had like really wide. Soap opera. Those all yeah, sounded like soap operas. It seemed like she just dipped in every now and then whenever she could, you know, which is mm-hmm. interesting. We also have Daniel Eden who plays Tony in the film. He's the like troublemaker. This was his first film. He was also in St. Elmo's Fire, ER TV series, the earlier one, and Hill Street Blues TV series as well. We also have John Holland, who is probably the most seasoned actor in this film. 
he was the old priest, Raphael, in the very beginning of the movie that haunts the girls. Mm-hmm. This was the last feature film he actually did before he passed away in May 21st of 1993. And he started acting in the 30s, so he did stuff like Chinatown, My Fair Lady, Maverick TV show, Jeez. Wagon Train TV show, Barry, Perry Mason and stuff. Crazy. So we also have Frank Burney, who plays the, the, the modern priest mm-hmm. who doesn't believe anything anybody's saying at all. Mm-hmm. He was in Modern Problems. He also played the barber in Chud, too, speaking of which. He oh. also was in Critters, too, as the Reverend. Mm-hmm. So he's not too far from the that part of a role, I guess. He was in a couple episodes of Friday, Freddy's Nightmares as the same characters. So it was probably one of the two-part episodes, by the way. Pretty much was a working actor for the rest of his life on TV in particular. Nothing really ever just popped out for him. But mm-hmm. Christina, what did you think of this movie? The soundtrack on this movie is fucking amazing. It has the Sex Pistols. It has two Talking Head songs, and it has Ramones song yeah. on it. So it was pretty cool. But the actual movie was a. Uh, it was really slow at the beginning. Sure. Well, it's really slow through most of it. It kind of picks up towards the end, but it didn't really go anywhere to me. So I couldn't really get into it. It's kind of crazy and all over the place. It it was like three different movies in one. You had like. A bunch of different shit going on, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, it did feel long. Yeah, but it was kind of like the story of a of like Satan's son or whatever, and it kind of made me want to watch Good Omens, the first season. Right. You know, but it wasn't, you know, as funny. (laughs) Clearly. But I'm going to tell you the reason why I'm giving this movie a one, okay, and I know Alex. She won't Alex watch it again. Why, I will never watch this again. Yeah, but you can't just base it off that one thing. Yes, I can. In the beginning of the movie and in the middle of the movie, there, there's dead animals. Yeah, they use real dead and animals. And they're real. And not just like but a rat. they didn't rat kill or, them. They didn't kill them I for don't this care. movie. I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to see that because I hate looking at it and being like. Look, Frank is does- a very spiritual individual, Christina. I don't think he would ever kill animals or hurt them. I don't like looking at something and it looking real to the point to where it's fucking real. And me, like, that looks real. The two times I was like, I don't know, Alex. Alex, that looks pretty real. That looks like a real, you know, dog. Yeah, I looked it up. And so he looked it up and and then it just, it totally just ruined everything for me. So I'm very upset. Other than that, though, what did you think of the movie as a whole, regardless of the fucking dog There is no regardless. And it was okay. There was like there was like snippet stuff that was funny, but uh, if that wouldn't have been in there, what would you say about this movie? Is what I'm. Getting it was at. good. It was good. Like, was what okay. would you score? It I if wish. You didn't... I wish it was more like wrapped up, like and not all over the place and crazy. I kind of felt like it was a so bad it's good film in some ways. Yeah, because the acting wasn't that great. Well, it wasn't great, but it was also there was splotchiness to it. Just a lot of splotchiness. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I don't know. I would probably give it a four. Okay. Otherwise, but I am going to give it a one because I just, I can't put, that's something like, that's my trigger. That's well, you can just I say it's a four, it. but if it, if because of that, you you would give it a one because you would never watch it again and you don't want to see it again. Yeah, I never want to see that again. But what did you think besides <laughs> the dead animals? What did you think? Um, I mean, I actually kind of thought it was pretty decent and uh, rewatching it again today just to kind of go over it. It, it kind of went up on my score a little bit. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really impressed with it at first, but there are a couple of moments in the film that are really dark 
there's a lot of really, really, really dark things going on in this film. Yeah. Like story wise that I really, really liked in this film mm-hmm. that you don't really see in some films. Like they don't really like, I don't know. It's like they put in the extra effort to make it dark. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's just characters who like torture each other and like, you know, there's like, I don't know. They do some really fucking dark things. One of the characters in the film really pissed me off. He's very unlikable. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be. Right. But it just, it's the Tony guy. Right. He really irritated the shit out of me out of this movie. Right. And, you know, maybe or maybe not does he get his just desserts, but he is very annoying for most of the movie and is so edge lordy <laughs> that I was just like getting pissed off because it just reminds yeah. me of those people. It pissed me off too. Who he doesn't seem the type to be that edge lordy, you know, like, but he just does these things. Like, he's like, oh, I have the power. Yeah. It's like, you know, that rapper that was like got really famous at, um, Soldier- Froggy, no, Froggy Fresh. I was going to say Soldier Boy. No, Froggy Fresh did that fucking funny song where he was like holding a gun and shit on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he was like, me and my boys, my hangout, and we go to town. Don't piss us off or we're going to go down. You know, like, you know, it's just stupid. Oh, yeah. It's like he's a meme. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of like he reminded me of in the film. So he kind of bothered me. But it was interesting to have his character in this film because... He and the Antichrist are very different from one on one another, and it is kind of interesting to know the dynamics that this piece of shit guy is worse than the Antichrist, right? In some ways, you know what I mean, and that humanity, in some ways, is more law breaking than the devil himself mm-hmm. or this devil's son or whatever the Antichrist, you know. So I thought that was kind of interesting about it when I thought about it second time viewing it really kind of help paint the picture a little bit more about this sort of omen-esque style movie. Now, I did look it up just because I was curious, and the omen actually came out long before this, obviously. They were on to the, uh, what in the Sam, <laughs> Sam uh, Neill version, the Final Conflict. Is that the third one? Yes, the third one. The Omen 3? Yeah, Omen 3 was actually out. Uh, at the same time, it came out in the same year, I think in the summer of this 81 that it came out. And this one came out in January. So I got some information on that that I thought was really interesting. But yeah, okay. I was like, did it borrow from it? Mm, yeah, but it, it kind of does stuff that's so different that really sets it apart from one another. But it definitely does have that sort of Omen-esque vibe to it. So maybe if you like the Omen, you might like this, you know, just to point it out. It's going to be a cheaper version of that in a way, a little bit more artistic in some regards, like the more risky kind, not necessarily the best kind, because this is Frank's first film. And I think it's done well in an artistic way, but it does have like some flaws to his work. You know, it's very splotchy. There's a lot of eh, stuff going on that. But he also does have like a dark kind of vibe about this whole film that's kind of like mean-spirited and shit like that the music doesn't ultimately fit i don't think it felt like mm-hmm. too current mm-hmm. for this film i don't know how to explain that but it just kind of just felt out of place in some parts yeah yeah oh i thought they were like just trying the... to make him like teenagers it's like right teenage. well it's a very american thing to put in like music like that into a film right right like really popular to to have this music in there like american graffiti did or 
you know, these films that were like in the seventies that were trying to be, you know, big movies, mainstream movies. So in a way he was kind of making, showing people that he can make this mainstream movie on an independent level. And that's what I think why he put the big songs in there oh. because he didn't think he needed to be in Hollywood in order to do these kind of things. Oh. So with that said though, there are a lot of splotchy parts in the film and it does kind of drag in some parts and you're not really understanding what Andrew's motive is or how he knows these things or anything, you know, it's just like mm -hmm. things are happening and it doesn't really make sense. And nobody's catching on. The only people who are catching on are these two angels who are not, they're loosely related to him in some way. Like, like from like hanging out wise, like they go to the, the town. Same, yeah. yeah like, the town knows each other. Right. Like the girl, she goes to class with Andrew. And then the other woman is like an older woman who is like Margaret. And she's like the second coming of, of uh, Mikhail, whatever. Right. One of the angels or whatever. And Raphael was the priest who killed the Lucifer off the first time. And in the very beginning in the film, you'll see it. Mm -hmm. Like this battle go on that they talk about it even in this stuff. So it's like they even show it in the trailer. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just okay. You know, like I like things in it, but I don't love everything about it. The third act is pretty bananas. They got all kinds of stuff that they throw in this film. And it's interesting because some of this film, this film probably wouldn't even gotten as far as it did if they didn't add some certain things in that Frank did not want to add in. So if you have seen this movie and you are curious about it, you're going to want to stick around for the extras because it's really interesting to know what they added in stuff. So, um, yeah, but there are some really different scenes in this movie that you wouldn't normally see. You know, like the shower scene is very different. That was weird. It is weird. It, well, I don't know how it's it was. Like why? I don't know. But it was interesting, though, because it was like, that's something you wouldn't do in a film. Yeah. You know? At that time, no right. way. So he was pushing the boundaries a lot. And I, you have to respect that a little bit, you know? Right. Like, even if it wasn't. Eh, but you could explain it a little bit, you know? I'm just saying in a very heteronormative time frame of the 70s, oh, yeah, yeah. that's a pretty edgy thing to do. You know what I mean? That's a, I don't really give a fuck what you think. And I saw an interview with Frank and he was like, they asked him if he was religious oh. and he gets very open about it, uh -huh. which is also kind of like for the times, like, wow, mm -hmm. you know, and I know that there's like other people, other scientists that would sit down and have these discussions openly like that, but it just seems like a different time that you wouldn't be as open about these kind of things. Yeah, so I didn't have the internet. Right. But I think he was an artist. Frank was an artist that was not, didn't want to sacrifice his vision. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have to respect it in that regard. I still think that it could have been better. It, it does feel like a bunch, a couple of different movies. I think I mentioned that to you that someone had said that it, they said it was like three different movies or something like that. Right. And it, it does feel like at least two mm -hmm. because the third act is so bananas. You're going to be like, what the fuck is right. going I just, on? I just don't get it. Anyway, I would probably give this movie Still, even still, with all the crazy stuff that happened in it, you know, it's going to piss you off. It's going to set you, you know, like there's some stuff in it that you don't want to see. I don't know. It, it's kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit. I have to give it a little credit for that. So I'm going to give it a six out of ten. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a movie that I'll pop on a lot, just like the other one isn't. But I still have to get it credit because it does some things that I haven't seen in a film. So you didn't mind the dead dogs? I, it's not, it just wasn't a deal breaker for me. What, I know, I what know. would have been a deal breaker for me is if they actually hurt a dog. Well, I mean. Then it would be an instant one. 
for me. You know right. what I mean? Like, and even then I would still have to set myself aside to try to look at the film objectively without that part. Mm. So that's just how I feel about it. I'm not saying that you should have it in the film. I'm saying, and they don't anymore because it's illegal everywhere. Good. So, well, I mean, you know, killing animals for the sake of film anyway. There are no Milo and Otising things anymore. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just chucking the cats yeah, as I'm saying. down the waterfall. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you gave it a four One. possibly. So it's about a five for most people. I think it's pretty average for most people or below. I think most viewers, especially if you're a casual horror fan, no, you're, you're going you to don't want to watch don't this. Don't want to watch this. Just watch the clips. But if you're an 80s fan or like 70s films and you're a little bit more open to it, it does feel like a mainstream movie. So it is easier to watch in some regards. But I don't know. I think it's a six. Mm-hmm. You know, so we do have some trivia, though. Pretty interesting stuff. So we're going to go over that. If you want to watch this, you can watch it on. Uh, do we watch this one on Shutter? This is the one we watched yes, on Shutter. This is on Shutter. This is on Shutter. Yeah, you can watch this on Shutter. Fear No Evil 1981. Check it out. See what you think. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So they shot this in seven weeks. So two two months and a week. Mm hmm. This movie was made independently, like I mentioned, so he wasn't... I really get the vibe that he's not fond of the mainstream, and I'll explain some of that here in a second. Mm -hmm. He had a film already called Gabriel that tackled the subject of autism and schizophrenia in the 80s. Whoa, that's a lot. Right. So you see what I mean? Like, he's a thoughtful individual. There's more to him than I think most people... Like, it would have been interesting to see what he could have done for the mainstream had he kept going. Right. You know, like some of his ideas may not have been clearly done or he didn't have enough money. This is his first feature film. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's going to be some errors. Yeah. It says he lives near Florence in Tuscany, Italy right now. And uh, the movie came out in 81, which in 1976 was the year people discovered summer blockbusters, you know, like Jaws. Uh-huh. And it wasn't till the 2010s that the term dump months got formally used. Remember when I mentioned this January. Movie, this movie got dumped into January. Right. Now they didn't have a formal name for it, but they definitely knew that January and February. Right. Were that not, was yeah. Yeah, not that's movie when they started. Going. Yeah, exactly. And then Jaws proved to them that summer blockbusters were where you needed to put most of your money. Right. And so that's why the whole thing that that movie and um it was Jaws and something else that did that that really oh Star Wars right those two movies in particular because Jaws and Star Wars came out in like April mm-hmm. it was like the beginning of like summer yeah summer because that's when school's out right school's out for summer you know, <laughs> there's a song about it I was singing it in my head before you <laughs> anyway but yeah the reason I'm bringing it up is that because in the 40s they actually even knew about the January February thing. But it's surprisingly, they actually had a really good 40s, like the beginning of the 40s, like did really well. Like the 40s and 41 mm-hmm. actually had like the Grapes of Wrath, his final Friday and the shop around the corner, all considered classics in January of 1940. Mm-hmm. And then later in the decade, the classic films would reach the screen like Sullivan's Travels, Shadow of a Doubt and Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Those were all did well for the time. Mm-hmm. back then in the 40s but they knew about this shit all the way back to the 20s so when they first started making films they knew oh, yeah january's were not very popular right so it's just interesting that in the 70s they weren't really sure about this film and it's interesting because 
part of the reason that this film got picked up is because his cousin, I think it was his cousin, is the producer on this film. Mm-hmm. And he demanded that Frank put in zombies in this film. Frank did not want zombies <laughs> whatsoever in this film. That wouldn't make any sense. Right. But again, the the, the after after Night of the Living Dead and then out of the success of Dawn of the Dead on 78. You gotta have zombies. The, both of those films at the end of a decade really set forth the whole course of zombies in the 70s, the 80s, and so on. You know what I mean? There was like a subsequent right. sequel. You know, that's why they did the remake of uh, Night of the Living Dead in 1990. Mm-hmm. Because it was supposed to be like right before that, the next, to try to extend zombies out through the decades. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's what it is, if, if you think about it. Because why would they be so far apart? Right. You know, obviously it takes some thought to put into it. But anyway, but because his cousin put the uh, zombies in it is the reason that they actually got picked up. <laughs> so oh, well that, okay. so Charles M. Laloja discovered, you know, he was the reason that that, that happened. And our uh, Avco Embassy Pictures picked them up for the release solely based on the fact that the zombies were featured in the film. And this was an element in the time that they wanted to have in movies being released, but they still weren't very sure, so they still gave it a release date in January. So okay. that's the history on that. <laughs> I just did a little digging about it because I found it interesting, and right. I was like, well, maybe I'll include it in the trivia. Where he talked about some of the Bible and stuff, they asked him, they were like, do you believe in the Bible? Do you like, are you oh, a religious yeah, person? Right. This is from um, a Creature Features with John Stanley, who used to do like a, a show. Um, and, and, Frank said that, you know, oh, well, you know, I don't, I'm definitely not religious person. He said, the Bible is a wonderful myth indeed, mm-hmm. uh, but also a great storytelling thing that I can use to make a movie about as well. Even though, you know, he was raised a Roman Catholic and sort of, you know, shook off his dogma, he calls it, mm-hmm. early on. Although he, he does believe in a higher guiding light, he said. The universe. Right. The school in the film was actually the same school, Spry High School in Webster, New York, that Frank actually went to school at. Oh, really? Yeah. So they used that as the nesting ground for the story. So I guess, uh, you know, use what you're good with, what you picture, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. Fred Goodrich, who did the cinematography of the film, was stylized after he did a lot of the work on this after medieval paintings, because that's what Frank wanted, is to make everything look like this painting in particular um like rembrandt things like that he also did camera work for the movie the dark mm-hmm. f- from 1979 as well but the film's origin came about when producer charles m la loja discovered the filming locations of the castle that they use in the film which is bolt castle in alexandra bay new york Mm-hmm. Where they kind of talk about, oh, this is a old place, and they're trying to tear it down and turn it into a golf course. Like, do you remember that? And then oh, Andrew's yeah. like sacrilegious, right? <laughs> Which is funny to me because I'm like, he's the devil, but he's offended yeah. by crassness. You know, like yeah. he still has class, or like he, he still thinks, you know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. Like this Tony character was always like really fucking annoying in the movie, mm-hmm. and he absolutely it was his nemesis, right? So he wanted to make him feel like, you know, I don't know. But they thought it was an ideal place to set for a horror film. And he approached his cousin director, Frank, about it to see if they could do it and write a film about the location. The zombies in the film also use cornflakes for their face. 
Yeah, you could totally tell. <laughs> like they, I'm sure some latex and cornflakes or whatever. Yeah. So it had a flaky texture. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much it for the uh, trivia here. I don't really have that much else other than a couple of things in the uh, end of the movie that we can talk about. But what did you think, like, right off the bat of the beginning of the movie? It had this, like, weird narration about stuff. Yeah, because there was, like, a priest and there was a temple and then there was dead animals hanging yeah. from the thing. <laughs> they were dropping a lot of, like, like a like a story on us, like almost like a fable or something was happening. Yeah, and but they were... but. Like later on, Margaret was describing that like somebody died and it was the guy who died at the beginning and it was an accident. But like, I didn't understand. Well, he didn't even kill him either because that fucking right. that little pendant thing that he was holding, the little what were they called staff? The light. Yeah, the light staff. That yeah, it he just had. stabbed him. It was like it okay. like jumped out of his hand and stabbed the dude to a tree. But I guess they did it so that he would be found guilty of murder. Okay. The devil killed himself. So he could get out of there mm-hmm. and get away from the light and, and then also make him look bad. And then be Rose again. Right. Then he can raise again. Or Raphael, the, that's the name of the priest. He was the... The, tur- the turtle? Well, no, the, the guy who was a priest had a different name. I think his name was John or something like that. But he went by Raphael. He was a another angel. He was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Alex. <laughs> that's what I was trying to get out. He was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Angel, okay? <laughs> that would be cool. Teenage Mutant Ninja Angels. It's like, oh, oh, oh. Halo in a half shell. Oh, my God. (laughs) Halo in a white dress. Angel power. (laughs) Okay, I like the scene. What would they eat, Christina? Because it wouldn't be pizza. It would be like something. Although Frank is Italian, so, you know. Angels don't eat. He'd be eating ziti, you know. (laughs) Ziti. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, wait. I did like the scene in the beginning when the baby, the baby Satan was getting baptized. <laughs> oh, that was cool, right? Like, yeah, there's some really cool moments in the film. That's what I'm saying. they lean the baby down, of course, is crying to, like, baptize him, and then blood just starts falling. It, like, it bubbles go- up. They yeah. don't make it seem like it's bubbling, though. Like, they just... No, it's just, like, falling on people. You, you see, don't know like, where it's coming from. They had a tube behind the hand of the baby and it just starts bleeding into the fucking, into the, the holy wa- water. Into the holy water. Yeah. <laughs> and then people start bleeding out of the face. Or no, it starts spraying him in the face. Right. But it didn't seem like it was spraying from the baby. It seemed like it was falling from the sky. Yeah. So like, like they didn't know where it was coming from. This, yeah. What's happening? It was like the, the demons were flinging shit at them. Or yeah. Something. Their poop. And then the mom just grabs the baby and runs out. And then the guy's like, what are you doing? That's my baby too and then he hits her well later (laughs) because she wouldn't love him whatever he was jealous of him that's what she treated him like but it really wasn't that it was that he knew that that kid was evil yeah because no babies bleed over holy water okay (laughs) that should be like your first sign right there you know i don't know i mean that's kind of weird guys what do you think should we go go let's go to applebee's I love the little scene in between where they like rush through like 18 years of his life and it's just you hear right. the father and he's like, come on, Nan, you know, he's trying to you tear us up. He's trying to drive us apart. And she's like, of course you think that you jealous son of a bitch. You misogynistic piece of shit. Yeah, I know. And it's like, what? No, he bled blood out of the hands and face and everything. Like, what the fuck? Were you not there for this? You dumb bitch. <laughs> Anyway, 
Yeah, so then they rush it like 18 all years later. All the way to his 18th birthday. And then like, you know, they do all this high school school. No, 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 hold on. You're jumping over the part where I want to get to what happened to his Sorry. mom. Um, so they have the birthday cake in the beginning. And then the dad's like, uh, he, he goes to get the son. And it seems like he's kind of like given in at this point in time. Because like over the years, they fought and fought and fought so much. He's just like, I don't want to lose her, you know. I'm just going to try to stay. And he's like, you did a good job, Marion. You did a great job, Marion. He's like, I'll go get Tom or I'll go get Andrew. And then he goes upstairs. And then when he comes back, Andrew's already sitting at the table. And he's like, I thought you were upstairs. And he was like, yeah, mom thought I was too. I guess I don't know. Because I'm magic. Because he shuts a book with his mind. Yep. His shadow shuts the book for him. Yep. Or something. I don't know what the fuck happened. Anyway, they go down to have cake. All the candles are lit. He's like, oh, you missed one. And he goes to light it. And all the candles around it go out instead of the power. So he goes to light the one in the middle, and then he's like, here, give me the uh, cake so I can look for the flashlight. Drops it on the floor. She gets upset, starts smacking him in the face. He's like, Marion, don't you ever hit me in the face. And then he shoves her because she does it again, and she falls down and goes to grab for, like, the table to get up or something. I don't know what the fuck she's doing. She pulls on the fucking cord of the goddamn fucking uh, iron, and it smacks her in the head. And then he's like, who are you? <laughs> Who are you, Pooh Bear? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's got a Royal Dano moment in this movie. <laughs> Who are you? God damn it. Who are you? It's like, and then you never see the dad again, except for when he's drinking all over the place in the movie. Right. Or and like flirting with like, what the was neighbor. The, the Mikhail Margaret, Angel. Yeah. Margaret, yeah. Um, what else is there? So they introduce the kids at the school. And there's that Tony kid. Who's mouthing off to the teacher. Everybody's having kind of a good time in the class, except Tony, of course, takes it too far, too far because Tony's a fucking edgelord and he's a piece of shit because he's trying to get so much of goddamn attention. Like, calm down, dude. Like, go jerk off in a mirror if you need some fucking attention Ew. or something. Like, I understand getting attention. It's like, you want to see people see appreciate you for stuff, but this guy doesn't earn it. You know, mm. he's just a dick. He's just, right. You just hate him instantly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, he just says some of the meanest shit to people, too. Like, he's just always... That's something I noticed that we watched in a couple of the movies here recently is it's the men will say something really fucking insanely fucking rude mm-hmm. to, like, the women. And then they're like, oh, come on. Don't fucking be a bitch about it. Right. And it's like, whoa, you just literally told her she was flat-chested and that... Yeah. And this is your girlfriend. Like, and then yeah. you just slap her. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> You don't understand, man. That's how women like it, dude. You want a woman to stick around or you want them to leave you and fuck some other dude? You got to treat him like shit, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha male shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys end up being alone for the rest of their lives and like end up hanging themselves in a fucking house and burning it down. Good. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there's a couple of scenes where Andrew loses his shit in the fucking film. He's always shaking, which is really weird to me. It's like he's almost like it's like he's always into what he's doing, but then he always ends up shaking for some goddamn reason and literally goddamn re- that reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's like, I don't know what it is. Like there was the shower scene. You want to tell him about that? Like not what was, really. <laughs> There's a scene where a bunch of underage boys are in a shower. They're not underage to be yes, honest. They are underage. They're under 18. Christina. And they're not, naked. In, not in reality. On, you can't just say that. Full on naked. And then it was really weird the, because... These guys look like the, they're 29 years old in high school. Come on. like It was the early 80s. They all looked that way. 
Um, okay, so the one was it Tony who kissed Andrew? No, he goes, Hey he Andrew's looking kinda pretty over there. Watch he's like, Watch this guys. Hey, Andrew's looking kinda pretty over there. You wanna kiss me? And they start making out. Right. He was trying to make fun of him to say that he was gay or something like that. Yeah. And they full on were like tongue making out. Right. It was crazy. It's so weird. I got to say, though, what that's, to say? that's pushing the boundaries. Oh, yeah. It totally was pushing the boundaries. In cinema, you know, a little bit, you know. So I think he. Especially then. I don't know. You never know. You never fucking know. Um, but yeah, that was a weird scene. It was just like his lips wouldn't leave his mouth and they kept holding on to each other's heads. And then he just started shaking again. <laughs> After it happens, they were like, what happened? Yeah, what the, what the fuck was that all about? He's like, uh, you don't tell anybody. He started having a seizure or You something. did get to see a little ding dong. Yeah, just a little bit. Little bushes. Looked like the guy was about to grab it as he was getting up, too. Did you notice that? No. <laughs> I don't know. It just looked like to me. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought, I thought it was weird that he would be shaking in the corner. Why is he always shaking? Because he's using too much power? I don't know. Maybe he's orgasming? Like, <laughs> I mean, he is shaking. They don't have to, like, show it. You know, like, maybe. <laughs> so, when, <laughs> when the Lucifer Andrew guy, like, really started spiraling down downwards, mm-hmm. um, there was another scene with the dog. The dog was alive, okay? And then he grabbed an axe. Yeah. Okay? And then, you know, he... Axe the dog, and then all of a sudden, dude, that sound of the dog he, yelping was really dark. I'm telling you, I didn't like that because I'm it went. Telling you, it was very dry. He didn't kill the dog. I know Christina. it was a completely different dog. I know it was. The dog yeah, was way tell. too bright colored. Yeah, and this one's way too dark. Right, they so, were they're both the same breed. But so then he has a dead dog like over his shoulder, and then he like he puts it down like on the sacrifice. I don't sacrifice even sacrifice table. Did you notice that the blood didn't even look like it was going in the cup? No, it didn't. Probably because it didn't have any blood. When I rewatched it again, when he's like pushing on it or whatever, it looks like there's no, like the blood is fake or something. So he cut the dog's throat and then he start that he started to to put the blood siphoning uh, it by yes, pushing on its neck. Yeah, it was really fucking weird. Dude. Yeah, it's a, it's not. And a, then he just started like eating or sucking at the dog like on the ill. And yeah. it was a real dog, dude. And then he's laughing and shaking and being dog. weird, a weirdo. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> I ended up making a a meme about it because I thought it was really funny. And I put it up on uh, TikTok. TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, it's already there. You could go see it. You should check it out, though. Because I was like, when we were watching it, I was like, man, he's so goth. So cool. (laughs) Such edgelord. Dude, such a goth lord, man. Oh, my God. Because he's like, I am the the unholy trinity. We were laughing at the one point because he said, uh, he was like, I am the most highest. And of, she's the like, light. Yeah, of the light. Yeah, of the Of the light. You, know? <laughs> you were like, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> <laughs> no sense it made. What about the basketball scene? We forgot about the basketball scene. Nah. He throws the basketball. He makes the, 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 he makes the, the gym teacher go crazy for punishing him for being 54 seconds late and making him do 50, push-ups. 50 push-ups and 50 sit-ups. Because he is 50 seconds late. And he's like getting unhinged at the kids while they're playing dodgeball in gym class. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, you're not doing it right. And he grabs the fucking dodgeball and he's like, you got to kill him. <laughs> and then he yells, he's got to kill him. <laughs> and then in front of all the kids, he throws a dodgeball so hard that it hits the kid, 
throws him against the the closed bleachers, and then he just starts bleeding out of the mouth, and he dies. And it happens to be Laura's boyfriend, mm-hmm. who was going to college or whatever, to be a doctor, and she's the 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 epitome, or she's like the the second coming of An Gabriel or yeah, whatever, whatever angel of Gabriel. Stump. Yeah. <laughs> And then the funeral, this is the part that I was going to mention that, you know, that they had a lot of, uh, they didn't really have enough money to pay everybody. Mm -hmm. So they had extras that were just happened to be there at the funeral or at the, in that cemetery. Not at a funeral, but they were at the the cemetery. They were at the cemetery and they used them as extras. And I bet you they were Jehovah's Witnesses. (laughs) Because they fucking roam fucking cemeteries. There was like. It's so weird. That and the janitor in the school were not. They were not actors. Mm-hmm. There was also that scene where Andrew's dad's like, "Oh, oh, they played Psycho Killer on yep. on uh on this part that really bothered me. Oh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really gross. uncomfortable, but I I think again he was really trying to push the boundaries a little bit and like Tony's character, you just really fucking hate. You just something disgusting. Yeah, he's just a little fucking prick. Dude. I hope he's in jail. Oh wait, <laughs> he's dead. He's not a real person. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, yes, he is. Well, you know what I mean. They're anyway, out there. So there's a scene where they're him and his girlfriend are in the car, and he like pulls out a. She like opens the glove, and a gun falls out, and she's like, "What is this?" And he's like, "Well, it's not a fucking tampon." And she's like, "Oh, okay, cool. You're so cool, you know." And then he pulls it out and aims it at her head and pulls the trigger. But it's empty. Yeah, and then afterwards, he's like, "She's like." She says to him, she's like, you know, you're really fucking nuts. And he's like, girl, I'm fucking bananas. <laughs> and then stuffs the barrel into her vagina while making out with her. And she's like, is it loaded? Or you? And he's like, just do me a favor. Don't cough. Stupid. I was like, Jesus, what the fuck? Stupid. Then after that is Andrew's dad at the bar. And I thought this was kind of funny. My son's the devil. <laughs> yeah. This is the part where he's like, the guy next to him's like, oh, you think your son's the devil, you know? Like, he tells him this anecdote about his son. He's like, I loan my car my son. You know, I'm trying to be a nice guy, you know? He has friends and girls and stuff, you know? I'm trying to be a nice guy. Well, he takes my fucking car down to the drag strip and fucking totals the piece of shit. And then, and then the dude's like, and then he's like, my son's the devil. And he's like, yeah, well, you know. Just tell him to go to hell because, you know, you're his dad after all. Huh? You know, you can say whatever you want to him. After all, you're the reason he brought him into this world. And he's like, my son's the devil. <laughs> and he starts wrecking the whole place. <laughs> and that's when he goes and shoots his fucking wife in the head. Right. Which this part did not make sense to me because somehow I think Andrew locked her in the attic. Well, because she had cobwebs over her. Yeah, that was weird. And she was just catatonic, and he didn't... I don't know what was going on. Isn't that when she got hit with the iron, so he... Yeah, she was a little out of it, and he was like... There was a scene where he's, like, lighting her cigarette. Like, he cared for her, but didn't care for her. Mm -hmm. I think he just liked to see her suffer, Mm -hmm. and that's why, you know? It was, like, really dark. But, like, the dad goes up there and just puts the gun to her head, and she cries and turns, and she... Pulls the trigger and she goes out the window and like hangs out the window. I was like, Jesus, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew summons fucking zombies at one point, which is weird. I got to say it is pretty schlocky. So I can see why Frank did not want that in the film. But it got it distributed. But so. yeah, it added to it a little bit because then the zombies go. And, and this is where it kind of reminded me of an Italian film a little bit where the zombies go around, start killing people. 
their friends because they get kicked out of a, a place because Tony gets pissed off because some guy pissed on his shoes. And so he tries to beat him up and they're like, you got to get out of here. You're drunk. And they go to this island, the, the island, Bolt Castle Island on Alexandria, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's when all the zombies like kill him and stuff like that. And while this is happening, there's like there's some like Easter thing going on. Yeah, they're doing an Easter play that they Easter do pageant. once every year. And they've been doing it since 1943. I remember I wrote this down. And Jesus is in the play, and it's about him getting crucified, and they do this once a year. And while he's getting crucified, he's literally like- Getting crucified. (laughs) Yeah, this actor's like up on the thing, and you can see the nails going in his wrists. Mm Mm-hmm. And then his crown of thorns, like, bleeding, and then his the liver is being cut with the, the spear or whatever. But everything mm-hmm. is, like, you don't see a spear. You don't see a nail. You do see the cru- crucifix thorns, but everything's just blood coming out. And then everybody in the audience starts bleeding out of the eyes and starts shaking and freaking out. It's weird. <laughs> and you don't know, like, how. I thought it was kind of funny. That's why I was like, this, this is what made this movie go up, because it's just so bizarre. Yeah. So bad shit. And everybody's panicking and running, but everybody like old ladies have blood just coming out of their eyes and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is kind of cool. Like, you know, like, right. I mean, it's, it's schlocky, but it's like cool. Like, I don't know. I just like, I don't know something about it. Anyway, the guy who played Jesus Christ in that play was dubbed by the director. Oh, so he actually did the voice of him mm-hmm. on the play parts. You know what I mean? So I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting. But yeah, I mean, do you want to tell them how it ended? Like, basically, the other girl and the old lady team up. Yeah, to shine the light on him. Right. right? And then they make him say the prayer. What is the the holy... Oh, the prayer prayer? Yeah, what's the one that we had to learn when we were kids? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, so he he said all that, and then he died. Yeah, and she made him repeat it, and then all of a sudden, like, light came out of him or something. Very anti Like, you wouldn't think you'd be killing the devil that way. The crazy thing is, the guy who did all those visual effects in this mm-hmm. actually did visual effects on Star Wars. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, he ended up doing the visual effects on Star Wars uh, before that. So, I thought that was kind of interesting. That, that like, is. Um, I can't think of his name. I think it's like Ryan Cage or something like that. I, mm-hmm. I can't think, but... Yeah, I don't know. The ending was a little weird. It's just, it was like, oh, and it's over. Okay. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, like there was no like brushing it up. It was just kind of like, oh, okay. I guess wait for the next. One done. Yeah, well, like when's the next Antichrist? Like who's going to be Gabriel this time? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There's something charming about it because it's just so banana weird towards Mm -hmm. the third act. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a little slow in the beginning. But some of the some of the kills and stuff do kind of get you to go along. And I do appreciate it for being dark in the 70s, like super dark. Well, I mean, they use real dead dogs. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty dark. Maybe get them to pop out of an egg like that fucking painting. Horrible. You know what I'm talking about? No. Like Dr. Death's painting where they have Jesus being pulled out of the eggs by (laughs) Easter bunnies. (laughs) What's his name? Kevorkian painted that. Oh. It's the cover of Acid Bass. Um. Oh, okay. The um, second album that they did. I can't think of what it's called off the top. So anyway, guys, let us know what you think of these movies. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Are you a fan? Are we too harsh? You know, we're seeing them later on. So maybe we would have a nostalgia factor that would push the number up higher. 
But I think we still, I still appreciated something out of these films, even mm-hmm. though she didn't like them. I kind of thought she wouldn't like them, like which is probably why you picked them. No, I just, I'm just kidding. I just want us to be more well-rounded, and and we don't really do '70s films, and I really want to watch stuff that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. So, but I'd love to hear what you guys think about these films. I know some people love these films, and uh, the, no, no, there's no right or wrong answer about that, guys. So just know we're just two people from really late in the game to come to these films so you know it's just one of those things but um love to hear what you think about it next week we got voidtober where halloween begins be on the lookout for the tiktoks and the youtubes we've got a lot of reviews up that you should check out for some newer movies if you're interested in some newer movies that you want to check out i got some new stuff in the mail that are on release as far as blu-rays are so if you ever are interested in those kind of things i'm going to be doing some videos for void tober that are like the best or like vhs movies in order which are the best or top some of my top favorite like so bad it's good films and other stuff and other reviews and stuff we've got a lot of new shows coming out i might do i might even do the creep show season because it looks pretty good and uh we'll see how that goes but you excited christina ecstatic (laughs) she didn't have to do all the work that i gotta do so she's she's like whatever (laughs) anyway guys thank you so much for coming by and as always long live the boy the envoy dober Thank you.